Hi everyone. Listening to these podcasts may bring up some strong emotions for you. Please allow yourself to find a comfortable space and reasonable time afterwards for nurturing and self-care. This podcast does discuss mental health and suicide. If you are needing support, you can phone Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636, the men's line on 1300 789 978 or Lifeline on 13-1114. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, we are continuing on from last week's format where Jerry will be asking me questions around some of the podcast topics I have covered and today we are looking at resistance to change. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Jen. Thanks Hi. for having a chat again. I really like this Q&A um, format that we discovered. I'm enjoying it too, Jerry. Thank you very much. Wonderful. And I get and listen to all the wonderful words of wisdom that you share with everybody again. Um, so today we're looking at resistance to change. And you mentioned this quite often in your podcast, actually, but I think podcast 11, um, are we really able to change? And that's a big question mm. because I think I think one of our questions a few weeks ago was, you know, we get to a point in our lives with very little personal management, with very little personal looking at ourselves and going, this is how I want to be. We just sort of arrive here and we go, oh, this is me. Okay, well, uh, like it or leave it, you know. Um, and... It's obviously, it's not, a, it's not something that is inherent in our culture, in our lives, personal change. Hey, why do you think that is? I start to think about, it all depends on the ages and the stages of life, I think. It's, it's really lovely for me as a counsellor when somebody will come in from a young age in their 20s and start to started to explore their life because they may be they're not sure what's happening for them and, and they wanted they know that they do want to do things differently I, I just go oh, I always say oh it's lovely that you're here at this age that's awesome because yeah. I just I think about me in my 20s I was just bowling along like a <laughs> snowball <laughs> I know and and then they'll, they'll they'll look at me really surprised uh and then, however, I, I mean, I love it. I don't care what age they are. I love it because, I, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. I've had an 80-year-old lady came wow. in and just starting to think about where she's been in her life. It was exciting. It's, and she's thinking she she wants to live her years out in a, a, a different way, and that was lovely for me. Uh, I mean, that's and, huge, like yeah. 80 years old and suddenly mm. wanting to live differently. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. However... Sometimes I think it's busyness of life, challenges of life, status quo. Uh, they don't know how to perhaps could be in a relationship where they wouldn't be giving encouragement to because change, in a, especially in a relationship, can be scary for the other person because if you're about to, ch if you can see somebody, your partner changing, What's that going to mean to me? Mm. How is this going to affect our relationship? What are you going off? What do you want to go off and study? What do you want to study for? 
what's going to happen to the kids. Who's, so there's a lots of different things for people around change. It can it can be uncomfortable. Mm, absolutely, and that um, obviously overcoming those um, blocks or those those resistances to start with, let alone the process of the change itself, but even identifying those blocks and those resistances to start with would be a huge undertaking, wouldn't it? It is. It is. And it could be just somebody just getting into that place of, I don't, I want to do something different. My my life is a, in a rut. I'm in a rut. I don't like this at all. I need something different. And it was funny for me when I started to feel this happening to me, I can remember, I didn't know, <laughs> sounds crazy, I know. What I did was because we, we, we were on a two-and-a-half-acre property at the time we lived on and there was a big open clearing at the back and I had this feeling of being in a rut. I didn't know what I wanted, didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I was going to do and I spent this time just walking around this right up the back, around in a big circle. I don't know. I remember. I don't know how long. metaphorical, I <laughs> what I was doing, but I was just up there walking, just in the circle, thinking I don't know what I want to do. And it's, it's and I think that's where it can be, you know, people can get to in a point, point you're just going around in circles, and I was, and metaphorically I was. And just even you for saying that, I realised now that's what was happening. <laughs> Uh, and I knew that I just had to get off it. I needed, needed to do something different. And uh, once again, that was when when I was in my 40s. And I think that's sometimes there is turning points in people's lives. Mm. And as you say, it's very, the being in a rut thing, it becomes very comfortable, I think. And I think a lot of people, I think there's a there, there can be a lot of unhappiness of being in that rut but accepting that this is what it is because this is the way it is and this is the way it has to be. Absolutely. And I don't want to move from here because I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I don't know what's going to happen, but something is going to happen. Something's going to happen. And how can that be? Because then if I'm going to have this wild thought in my brain about what I want to do, oh, my God, all the work that I've got to do to get to that point. Mm, and the what if it doesn't work out. What if it doesn't work out? Mm. What if, you know, this is, and what if people start to doubt me and mm. what ifs, what ifs, what ifs? Mm. As I look at um, my stepdad after my mum passed some years ago and he was in his, I think his late 50s, um, early 60s, and for me, that was like, wow, imagine, like they'd only been together since I was like 14, 15. Um, but when you think that late in life, when something that shattering happens to your life, how do you go on? How do you, like, what is there left? Uh, even though he's only like 16. But to see him now in a new relationship with a woman who has completely turned his life around, he, he's now, you know, he was a, he was a pretty stubborn bugger when I was growing up, but now is a is much more open as a person, mm. uh, more connected uh, with himself, in a wonderful relationship, and it is so heartening to see that. Mm. And yet, 
you know, 10 years previously, I would never have thought that he could have gone through so much change so positively. It wow. was just amazing. And I look back at my life and the, the, the fundamental points in my life where things changed massively. And whilst at the time most of them were like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What is there to go on to? Every single one of them went on to a positive change later on in life. And now I'm so grateful for where I am today yeah. as a result of all those things. And it's, it's one of those, um, one of those moments like when the men that I know, the friends of mine that I've lost to suicide, um, I, what makes me feel sad is that there was always something better further on down the road. And it's that resistance that there's almost like a stubbornness of like nothing's ever going to get better, like to not be able to see ahead to the positive. And I think we, we sort of label these things like, oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think as soon as I hear that, it's like, well, it's a bloody long tunnel, you know, sometimes and it's got curves in it and it's really hard work. But that leap of faith thing, I think when people needing to change, wanting life, pushing them into change, um, very, very hard to inspire that hope in someone, I think. How do you how do you encourage people to get over those blocks to to then start making positive change in mm. their lives? Yeah, when you talk about the suicide, a person gets to that point and often as another human being we have absolutely no way of knowing what got them to that point. Mm. And, absolutely and none. The, the friends that have taken their lives... They were literally on a list of solid people that would never do that. And mm. that was what was like, wow, like, why was it, what took you to that point? Because I've been at low points in my life and I've, I've, you know, I've gone as far as almost writing the note. Um, but I've never gone that extra step because to me, and what I learned later on was pain is pain. Like, and all I wanted to do was for the pain to stop. Absolutely. That yes. was it. Yeah. And I learned to, um, and literally, actually, when I got to that point of, huh, okay, pain is pain, something really shifted in me about I can actually just sit with that pain. If I stop fighting it, if I stop struggling so much, it doesn't hurt as much. And it actually just kind of, slowly dissipates mm. and you mentioned I think in in the last chat we had about the differences between men and women in getting to a point of their lives um, and men generally have it more dramatically like breaking down whereas women will probably do it a bit more yeah. gently yeah um, and it's in a way it's sad that it takes a sledgehammer to get a man to make change of you know breaking them down and and it really did feel like breaking bones a lot of that literally everything had to be destroyed and taken away to start again um whereas a woman will probably do things a little bit more consideredly um 
But it was that sort of sledgehammer of breakdown that got rid of all the blocks in a way. Mm, for you. For me personally, yeah. yeah. For you personally. It was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. now I have to do This is everything's laid bare. Yeah. There's a wasteland I can start building again. Yes. Um, so how do you, in a gentler, in a gentler mode without the sledgehammer when someone recognises they need change in their lives, how do you bring them to that place of let's start this gently? Mm. It's it's interesting because I feel often, and it saddens me when we talk about suicide, because there's that there is a block for to to be getting to some some block to know to get the support that they need. And so anybody that's coming in to talk about change has already decided that they want to change. They already already decided that they want to do the work. And yet there's so many people out there that are still not knowing how they could even get to that point where they would make a phone call to speak to somebody or to book an appointment. That's such a fundamental thing, hey. Like it, it's, it's almost a no. Like for me now, like I still have men's line on speed dial on my phone because there are still times when everything is like there's too much here for me to just hang on to, and I just need to go blurt with someone, and mm. I don't want to. Either I don't want to unload um, on my wife, even though she's like. You know, it's not about her and she's happy to just kind of like mm. listen to whatever's going on for me. But there's just sometimes when you just got to go, I just want to pick up the phone and blurt and just unload and have a cry. And, and I just don't think that's, it's almost paid lip service to in the media. It's like, oh, we'll stick the men's line phone number at the end of here and everything will be all right. But it's like we need, I would love it if, if you know, people that, men look up to in our culture, you know, like sporting people and and could actually put their hands up and go, mate, I phone men's line once a week. Before before I go out on the field, I'll give or after a game, I'll give men's line a call and have a chat about how I felt. Um heck getting men yeah. doing, you know. Absolutely. That. I think that's I think that's lovely because there's so many sporting people are standing up and talking about mental health. Mm. However then they are talking about where you get the supports mm. and things like that. However, they're not relating to the to the to it like you've just said. Um, it's sort of like yes, this is where you can go. They're not saying that this is what I do. That's right. Uh, and, and I, that and, would be wonderful. And I think, yeah, thinking about the the differences as you mentioned between uh, when uh, men and women around change, it still comes back down to that place of men being so. I will use the word fearful of being able to show any emotion, to, to show that deeper feelings, those deeper ways of, of um, expressing themselves. I do believe men want to. I do believe men want to know that they have, they can give themselves permission to, to, to change the way they're thinking and feeling about their lives. I think it's very hard because it's been ingrained in them that they haven't had an opportunity and I see it so much in the in with counseling around fathers that just didn't emotionally support their sons mm. because it's not a 
you know, you're not a girl, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, get up, you know, get over it. Um, come on, move on. And they will, or they mightn't hug. And or it's still something such like a that. culture. It's as as much as I think you know the media is trying to portray that you know it's getting better and it is getting better, but we're still fighting this cultural media blokey thing. I mean, I just I, I literally heard an ad on the radio this morning that was so reaffirming that whole big blokes thing, and it's like, yeah, it's that kind of stuff that is almost insidious in our in our society and our media that is just let let slide into into our everyday that is reaffirming that ongoing ongoing and then there's these tiny little moments of hey guys it's okay to have feelings and you know some footy player goes it's okay to call men's line in in amongst this whole noise of blokiness mm. one person standing up going yeah it's okay to have feelings mate I'm not going to have feelings, but it's okay for you to have feelings. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, can sound, it can sound sort of like that tokenistic really mm. in a way. I, I just feel that if there was more, there could be more. Uh, I know it's hard for men to be able to tune into even talking or even thinking about this, these sorts of these sorts of podcasts where we're going to be talking about that change process for them or whatever. I know it's really hard for for that to to occur at times for wherever the person is in their headspace. Uh, however, it it would be wonderful if there was a way that some more of that could happen for for men to know that it it is okay. They they are okay to be able to talk even to another man. Like to me, like you said, the twelve step program. It doesn't have to be a 12 step it could be just another way that um, men know that they can share oh, so their much. true feelings yeah. not over it not even I know sometimes I do that in the pub talks mm. and things like that however that the, the drink is giving them the confidence to do that at times. yeah and it's also um uh, uh, is that uh, do you know that they are the safest people to be sharing with because one of the things that that I've noticed is this real, uh, I put it in inverted commas, camaraderie, but it's a very blokey camaraderie where, you know, someone might start trying to say something a little bit honest and a bit sort of emotional and and that's touching them. And then all the other blokes around them will get like, oh, it's a little bit too much and we'll make a joke about it. And and it's like, is that a safe? Because that's, that's one man wanting to open up and then mm. just being shut down. And the, the, his friends probably don't think they're shutting him down and they think they're being supported. No. But to enable a space where, like when I was doing Taking Responsibility with um, Relationships Australia, one of the wonderful things that I know I said in, in our last chat that, you know, a lot of the blokes were like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. You know, mm. that was that was as far as they But when you actually see a man who's never expressed anything more than, yeah, all right, or I was angry, go to explore feelings of pain and yes. shame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Like, and to be held, not physically held, yes. but to be held in a space with seven, eight other guys yes. just quietly listening to a man talk about his shame over being violent. Um, to me, that the process of taking responsibility of the Relationships Australia is so powerful because it gives men permission to be broken. Absolutely. And I think that's like we need more safe places for those. Absolutely. And I love the statement 
the level of the anger is the level of the pain. Yeah, oh, so much. And wow. men are in so much mm. pain because they have suppressed feelings and they have had suppressed feelings for most of their lives mm. and whatever whatever stage you're up to. Mm. Up to. And it's always a wonderful thing when a, a young man comes in and can talk about his feelings. Mm. And it's just, it's just an honour to be able to sit there with somebody that is able to take, have the courage mm. to come in and talk about where they're at and want to share. And that's such a, you know, to hear you say that, it is such an honour to, to have the opportunity for a man to come in and share his feelings. Mm. You know, I would imagine most men don't think that is an honour. I'd imagine most men don't want to burden anyone with that. They, that's right. They don't, want, they don't think that I want to hear mm. that. And I wonder how many... I wonder how many men's partners would just love it if their husband came to them and said, honey, I'm feeling really lost, broken, sad, upset, lonely, frustrated today and explain why and not make... And I think that's another thing is that we're not taught how to express a feeling without making the other person responsible for it because I think as men as well... One of the one of the great um, things, like the series that uh, my wife and I made, it's just a choice with films to change, was the negative self talk that we looked at with men in violent relationships and men having feelings, but then making their wives responsible for how they feel. I think is such a be another great conversation to have. I think about how we make other people responsible for what we're feeling. Yeah, because that alleviates the pain mm. for the individual. They need to blame. I'm going to write that down. That alleviates the pain for the individual. Yes. And as you said, what was that quote you said previously? The, the level of the anger is the level of the pain. And so when someone's carrying a lot of pain, mm. they need a lot of help mm. to carry that. And you're right when you use the word shame because shame is a big part of that. They won't, won't, won't address the shame, mm. the shame of a lot of the things, what they've, what, the, what's, what they've experienced in their life, of, of how they've been treated, how they've been spoken to and what the expectations of the father was. Often that can be a big one for males, that mm. there's been expectations from their significant other in their life, the male role model. See, role, mo role modelling is a big thing around um, resistance to change. You know, it can be a big big part of um, it's what's ingrained in them and it's very hard to get out of that. So that's like, a, a, like childhood messages again, yeah. like not serving you later mm. in life. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, they, they and that's that's the beauty of when somebody can see that they want to make a change, then they are actually, and that's why I always say to people that change process is a really hard one to 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 do because your body is always going to remember the way you are, mm -hmm. and you've got to get to a point where you're going to see yourself as being somebody different. However, you've got to go through a grieving process, and your body's going to grieve for that because it wants to pull you back into that way of being. So 
it gets it's, it's an uncomfortable feeling. Remember you said in that podcast it might have been um, that episode eleven when you said that you know our way of being is literally in ourselves, in like ourselves, it's in our bodies. Yeah, and when we try to change that, our bodies are going to reject that or, or react to that, and, yes. and we have to grieve that process, mm. or we have to go through that process of grief. Sorry. We have to go through that process of grief and understand that there will be physical manifestations of all that change. And that's so scary. And that's what, and often people will then be thrown back into, oh, I'm not going to go there. This is too much for me. Because they don't like that feeling of, of overwhelming, um, you know, process of the grief too. And so they get scared. However, coming back and touching the old way is always good because you didn't like the feeling. Then mm. it's been letting you know that's okay because this this is baby steps to get to where you want to do where you want to change. That's the resistance there too. You know that's to to the change. Why you know why do I want to go through this feeling? And that's why I always say to people too that sometimes people do not like if the closest to people to you do not like to see you change. Oh, absolutely. Because. They want you to be the way you are. Even mm. if you're an angry person, at least they know you're an angry person. They don't want you to be a nice, you know, all of a sudden, what's this, all this, you know, showing empathy and all that sort of stuff, you know? That's too much for me. You know, what's this all about? Yeah. You know, I don't know where this is going. But it's also a reflection as well. It's like it's like you're then putting up a mirror to the other person, you know, as much as we're just changing for ourselves, not to instill any kind of response in anybody else, we're just doing that change for ourselves. All of a sudden, then people around you are almost afraid to question, are, are afraid because oh, am I having to question myself? And do I have to change with that person as well? And there'll be a challenge to you in change from others. It's not going to last. You'll be mm. the old person again. We just know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it can be a bit of a challenging situation and then and then people can find themselves having to prove themselves mm. time and time again. And the <laughs> others that don't want you to, you know, prove yourself will keep on reminding you of all the all the old ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so wow. Change is, change is a big thing. So it's about knowing that you know what you want. You're mm. getting used to it. You're getting used to the feeling of the change. And I'm. And you're saying to yourself, you know what, damn well like this. I like the person I am now. Yeah. I don't need to go back there. I like there. the person <laughs> I am I really now. like this person because I wasn't happy with my person, the person before because I knew that wasn't really me. Mm. Well, that's right. And let's face it, anyone that's gone through conscious work, conscious personal change, I very much doubt they get to the end and go, yeah, I'll go back to what I was. I don't like this. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because, and I think because it's a conscious process, it's like I'm actually going to make a person that I wish I could be or I wish I was. And, and you know, I believe we're, we're all works in progress in, in, in some form or other. But I think when you're being conscious about that, it's always going to be a positive conscious process. It's never going you're never going to end up going, oh, that didn't work out. <laughs> you no. might not be there yet, no. but it's working out. Yeah. It's on yeah. the stepping stone. Yes, yeah, so I, I have a little statement written down I was going to say somewhere along today and I'll, I'll say it now. But um, 
Uh, people resist change because they believe they will lose something of value or fear they will not be able to adopt to the new ways. Mm. So, so that's, I think, I really like that statement. And I just sort of, people resist change because they believe they will lose something of value or fear they will not be able to adopt to the new ways. And that that's such a, and I think that's, I think to me that's resonating with what you said around suicidal tendencies, you know, around people just getting lost in that process of um, not of fear. Because there is so, there is such a resistance to change in in our society, I think. And I think that's one of, for people not to be able to see a way out. But there fundamentally is, there's, there's, there, there is a way out. It's just you need to take it. And I think that's that we, we get so hyper-focused in just here in front of us and not looking ahead to the things that need to change. And it's so hard for so many. Absolutely. So hard. And it, it, you know, these, are, these are just these avenues for possibilities, I think, mm. and for allowing people to know that there, there are. Mm. And if, you could, if we could only just get more open conversations. That's right. It'd be, it'd and be more so support beneficial. for that, to, yeah. to, the, to acknowledging that change is difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah. And we understand, understand that it's so hard and just to respect that, mm. just to respect that in everybody. And, and I think, you know, our, our government could go a long way to actually, like we made a short film a few years ago um, in response to, we happened to see the male suicide numbers for that particular year were way more than the deaths by road traffic accidents. And then we looked at the, the numbers of the money, the budgets, that were put towards road traffic safety awareness and men's mental health and, and awareness. And it was just so out of touch. It was like heaps more men were dying than all people put together in road traffic accidents. Heaps more men were taking their own lives. And yet the money that was spent on road traffic safety and awareness was heaps more than stopping helping these men over here. And so we made this short film to try and kind of just, that was our way to go, just look at these numbers. Why isn't more being done to help? And I'll, I'll just, I'll say men because that's what we're looking at then, but, you know, I'm aware and acknowledging that women also take their Absolutely, own lives. Absolutely, yes, yes. Um, but not enough being done in that regard to go, you can change your life and we want to help you do that. We want to help that change. Absolutely, want to help in the end. and that's what my passion has always been: uh, education for around parenting from a very young age. Being able to share any feeling that is any feeling is okay to say to to have, and to show it to your children. If you're sad, allow your children to know that being sad is okay, and so that the child knows that they have permission 
to actually explore their own sadness and be able to talk about their feelings. And they know that they can do that and not feel ashamed to do that, especially for a male. And that's really where that starts, isn't it? Yes. Where that building resilience, building emotional maturity and understanding yes. that feelings are just feelings and it's it's natural and okay and not frightening no. to have them and we can experience them. And I think labelling them as well doesn't help bad feelings, good feelings, no. I think. No. They're just feelings. feelings. And, you know, maybe that's a conversation we can have next week. Mm. Um because that really ties in so nicely about what you said about, you know, parenting and one of your early podcasts was about having those difficult conversations with children. Yes. And I think that is so fundamental to building healthy, emotionally intelligent grown-ups, mm. people getting into relationships with other people that have emotional skills that... Geez, when I was a teenager getting into I had zero emotional <laughs> skills whatsoever. It was scary for me too. <laughs> Very scary, I can tell you. <laughs> Probably scary for all my partners as well. But it just wasn't a thing. It just wasn't a thing at all. So no. maybe that's a nice one for next week. Yes. Is let's yeah. look at that. Yeah, lovely, Jerry. That was a great chat. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you, Jan. All right. Lovely talking to you. Talk to you again soon. Bye.